At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. Now it's time for the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors. I'm joined by Victoria Scholar, Head of Investment at Interactive Investor. We're going to talk about um, the world of investment from a UK perspective, though, um, depending on what you read, it looks as if the whole world was looking at the UK for a while um, and blaming us for absolutely everything. So we've got a new Chancellor since we talked last, a new lots of things since we talked last, and we when we last talked about the markets. We're in a state of some turmoil. So has the new Chancellor and the new fiscal strategy actually implicated the markets? Well, the markets were in a very upbeat mood to start the week. Um, Clearly, the new Chancellor and his fresh economic strategy reversing his predecessor's tax cuts, um, plans to cut spending and also minimise borrowing Um, has helped to provide some support to the markets. There does seem to be a feeling that some kind of economic confidence has been restored, mainly because now fiscal policy aligns more closely with monetary policy, because um, the plans of Kwasi Kwarteng were to cut taxes, borrow, uh, spend, at a time when the Bank of England is raising interest rates. So one is sort of stimulating the economy, the other trying to rein in economic activity. So the fact that those two sides are now more aligned is certainly something that the market has enjoyed this week. Okay, now we still haven't had um, the Chancellor's medium-term fiscal plan. We're not getting that till the end of the month, though even then it's sort of been brought forward from what we were originally um, expecting. So what are we hoping to find there? Well, I think what we've learned so far is about the tax side of things. So those tax cuts planned by Kwasi Kwarteng have largely been reversed. Uh, but what we don't know yet is on the spending side, because there's still a multi-billion pound black hole that needs to be fill in the, filled in the public purse. Uh, so while we know about one side of the ledger, it's the spending side that we don't know about yet. And the expectation is that the Treasury is going to carry out some serious spending cuts Um, Hunt is understood to be looking across all government departments, which is prompting concerns that we could be going back to an era of austerity, something similar to what we saw back in 2010 in the aftermath of the global Mm. financial crisis. Yes, all quite um, depressing. Let's take a break before we um, change uh, topic or continue, in fact, on the same topic. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This 
This is Simon Rhodes. You're listening to the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors. Uh, I'm in conversation with Victoria Scholar, Head of Investment Interactive Investor. Um, It's not often, is it, that we see um, gilts and pension funds in the headlines away from the financial pages, not even that often, on the financial pages. Um, But we've certainly, everybody's now come to terms with, with, with that and trying to understand what LDIs are. So we have the Bank of England actually stepping in um, emergency intervention, which is now um, ended. Are bond markets able to survive on their own? I mean, one has to say, you know, the gilts market is not normally an exciting place, but that's not been the case <laughs> recently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been so much focus on the bond market, everyone trying to get their head around what a gilt is, what a yield is, um, and how the bond market actually operates. But it's essentially just how the government borrows money by issuing bonds, and investors need to buy those um, in exchange for a yield or an income. Um, And we saw the bond market collapse in the aftermath of the mini budget, essentially because um, Quasi Kwarteng's tax cuts looked as though they were going to be unfunded, which, of course, would mean that there would need to be a lot more borrowing. So a lot more bonds issued, a much greater supply um, led to a decline in the market, which forced the Bank of England to step in with its emergency intervention because it was understood that that slide in the bond market was having a serious negative impact on pension funds, which are big holders of many assets, including bonds. But that emergency intervention ended on Friday, the 14th, last Friday. And there were concerns about how the bond market would open without that support on Monday. Um, But it looks as though so far the bond market is holding up okay. Um, we saw bond prices move higher a bit on Monday, especially at the start of the week. Uh, so it looks as though for now, um, the bond market is safe. But, you know, although the Bank of England has ended its emergency intervention, its mandate to control price sort of stability and, and um, offset any market dysfunction or any major market dysfunction remains. So. Although the Bank of England has said this intervention is over, if we were to see another big sell-off, there'd be no reason why the Bank of England wouldn't then step in again. Yes. I mean, before all this um, turmoil in the markets, of course, I mean, people were saying the Bank of England was being rather too slow in raising interest rate, not matching the, the Fed, and as a result, contributing to inflation, which means at some stage they're going to have to raise interest rates still further, presumably. Well, yeah. I mean, the tax cuts that we saw from quasi Kwarteng, certainly there were concerns that that was going to add to inflation, particularly given the slump in the pound, which means that we would then be importing more inflation from abroad, because of course, a weak currency domestically means that the price of everything else that we import from abroad goes up. But we have seen the move in the pound reverse. Um, Those tax cuts now have been unwound. So Jeremy Hunt's new economic path seems to be more aligned, as I said, with the Bank of England in terms of keeping inflation at bay, with one caveat being his plans on energy, because uh, we were expecting the uh, energy price cap to remain in place for two years, which, of course, would um, alleviate some of the price pressures um, in terms of energy bills. But now that that has been shortened, it looks like it's going to end in April. And beyond that, support for energy bills will be means tested. That could then add to our energy bills and push inflation higher beyond April. Um, So there's a bit of push and pull on both sides. But 
in the most part, it looks like Jeremy Hunt is going to be broadly positive for inflation. Okay. Um, um, there was a good deal of talk not long ago about the fact that UK, and, and probably in line with many other countries, given what's been happening with inflation and the uh, energy prices and the war in Ukraine, that we might have been heading for a recession. Has anything happened to um, disabuse that notion, or do you think we are still heading for um, a recession in the UK? I think it feels as though a recession is almost an inevitability at this stage. So far, we've narrowly managed to stave off that technical definition of two consecutive quarters of negative growth. But given um, the weakness that we're seeing come through in terms of the consumer, we're seeing consumer confidence at a record low. Of course, the cost of living crisis is squeezing household budgets. We know that business confidence is suffering because of cost inflation that's squeezing business margins. Um, so there's a lot of pressures mainly being driven by inflation that look as though they're going to contribute to um, a sort of negative growth outlook. And the Bank of England is particularly um, rather bearish. It's forecasting that we fall into a recession at the end of this year, and it's going to be a prolonged recession that lasts for the whole of 2023. Oh, well, cheerful news. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> I'm going to blame the messenger. Um, thank you very much indeed. That's Victoria Scholar, Head of Investment at Interactive Invest. I'll be talking to her again in a fortnight's time. Thank you. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.